0: section eight of neighborhood a year's life in and about an english village by tickner edwards this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four april part two later by an hour at most i had the reverend by the arm not so much to guide as to restrain him for he went ever a little before me through the meadow with the sure swift stride of a mountain goat there was but one thing that could betray his affliction to a close observer while i went blinking in the intolerable glory of the sunshine above us and the scarce lesser glory of the buttercups below he strode onward his calm old face turned straight up to the sun his blue eyes meeting it unflinchingly from under their shaggy arches of white he might be gabriel looking into the very focus of heaven i thought as i stole a glance at him a little fearsomely indeed i never quite limited his vision to that of his poor purblind human eyes it will be down in the little birch clump near the conyers he said that is where the first nightingale always comes it will take us a good five minutes and why are you not talking to me come do not keep all the brave beautiful things to yourself how to tell him of all the things i saw in a single yard of meadow about us but i got to work with the will if not the power we are walking said i through buttercups a foot high and almost with every step we send a cloud of little blue and copper butterflies chevying before us listen to the grasshoppers piping the buttercups make a sort of thick scum of gold as on the surface of a green lake down below like pebbles on the lake bottom lie the daisies their white discs touch each other in all directions nay they overlap they are heaped upon one another an insect might crawl over them from side to side of the great meadow and never tread on anything but daisy white and the dandelions there are millions of them i think filling the air with a perfume like choice old wine and smell these reverend do you know what they are cowslips they must be in full bloom now they were always fine cowslips in this field but you should pull them never pick them then you get all their beauty the crimson at the base of the stem and hark from the oak-clad hillside to the northward clear and slow on the gentle air came the cuckoo's double chime the old vicar faced about and took off his hat ceremoniously i did the like it was no superstitious greeting of the bird on its first appearance We were not thinking even of the ancient sussex legend that an old witch goes to heathfield fair every fourteenth day of april with all the year's cuckoos in her bag and there lets them fly on our part it was merely a precautionary measure against a very ancient rustic pleasantry farmer coles of windlecombe loved his joke and that was farmer colzer's wood though we had no real doubt that we were listening to our first cuckoo it was well to be on the safe side the path now left the full fairway of the meadow and meandered along by the edge of the wood i was bidden to go on with my chronicle the bluebells are out as thick as ever i saw them reverend under the shadow of the trees they look like purple smoke stealing up the hillside and where a bar of sunshine pierces through the colour seems to leap into the dim air like a tongue of flame how the rabbits play every moment they break cover and dart across the open spaces two or three together there goes a spotted woodpecker i saw his black and white coat and crimson plume as he swung through the bar of light they are scarce here here comes something flitting along that i wish you could see you know how the orange tip the butterfly with wings on fire don't grizzle over me man i can see it lazily looping along You think he will fall to earth a cinder any moment at your feet. He is like Nero fiddling, I always think. There must be chervil growing close by. Yes, a great bank of it, and the butterfly has gone. Well, he is only settling there. Look how the mottled green and white on the underside of his wings, now he has closed them exactly match the colours of the chervil all his fire is quenched till you disturb him and then off he goes burning himself up as unconcernedly as ever we rounded the corner of the wood and came upon a little open stretch of heathland the sulky sweet fragrance of the gorse so loaded the air to make one's breath come hard over the gorse linnets sang their slender tweeting melody the blossom-laden bushes spread away before us like great heaving waves of gold flowing up to the hill brow and over out of sight where the crests of yellow bloom stood against the sky they made the sky a deeper blue but between the gorse brakes, the heather showed no sign it crouched low upon the earth looking black and dreary and dead as though a forest fire had lately swept by dead cried the reverend scornfully turn up a frond of it and look at the underside of the leaves each leaf is black above but see how green and sappy and full of life it really is, if you look at it aright. One misses a lot in life by taking too lofty a standpoint. The heather in April may be black to you, but it is green enough to the hiding mice. We went along in silence for a minute or two. And what about the trees? he asked presently is it death or life there the cuckoo never will wait for his green leaves you know green leaves i see but leafage nowhere all the wood top is checkered into different clear zones of green or grey or russet or soft sad yellow buds bursting and leaves just promising everywhere But leaves as i want them none how slow it all is i can understand the cuckoo's impatience flying all the way from africa only to find he had ceased to listen he had turned swiftly towards the sun-bathed meadows he put up a thin hand blue-veined almost transparent against the light he visibly started i heard the throb of a wing a new sound it must be yes there it is the first swallow wheeling and darting over the buttercups yonder like a bit of bright blue-tempered steel and as i uttered the words there drifted out of the thorn hedge hard by us the note we had come to seek all the ringing music of the woodland seemed to grow mute at the sound wild and pure with a force and a lingering sweetness indescribable the nightingale song poured out of the thicket dwelling upon the one silver clarion note moment after moment as though it would never cease at my side two gaunt arms rose tremblingly into the sunshine they are all here the voice was husky faltering all all i have heard them again every one of them the good lord be praised though i never hoped to yes one by one i bade them all a long farewell last year down in the village when i left it this morning hardly a breath was stirring under the warm april sun but the wind is never still for more than an hour or two here on the top of windle hill at first there was only a gentle wayward air out of the blue southwest but already the wind is freshening as the sun lifts and with the growing heat it is sure to strengthen midday may find half a gale singing in the long grass-bents around me the gold tassels of the cowslips lashing to and fro in the grip of a madcap breeze to get the true spirit of the sussex downs you must become a lover of the wind loving it in all its moods there are rare moments even on windle hill When the sun glows in a halcyon sky and the blue air about you lies as still and silent as a sheltered woodland mere but this is not true downland weather a calm day in the valleys may stand for tranquillity and be well enough but here it savours rather of stagnation the very life of the downs is in their flowing, ever-changing atmosphere, the sweet, pure current coming to you unwinnowed over a visible course of twenty miles. When the wind is still, it is good to keep to the lowlands under their green canopies of whispering leaves, within sound of their purling undertone of brooks for the valley has its own companionable voices of earth even under silent skies but the downs are as a strung harp that will yield no music save to the touch of the one gargantuan player their very essence of life is in the careering air you must learn to love the wind for its own sake or you will never come to be a true sussex highlander to know what the magic is that brings sussex men meeting by chance in some far-off nook of the world to talk first of all of the downs when in the stifling heat of a tropic night or by northern campfires pipes are aglow and tired hearts wistfully homing out of the blue southwest comes the gentle wind bringing with it the colour of the skies to every dell and shady woodland track in the far-spreading vista violet-hued the lazy cloud shadows creep over the hills or travel the lowland country to the south dimming the green of blunting corn and the rich brown of new tilth with their own soft scrumbling of azure where the village lies far below at the foot of the hill the elm tops seem full of green but this is only the scale of the bygone blossom it will all fall to earth in tiny emerald discs each with its crimson centre before the true abiding green of the leaf appears in the cottage gardens looking from the heights like patchwork in a quilt the cherry trees make snow-white wreaths and posies the lane that leads to the hill is flanked with ancient blackthorn hedges whiter yet blackthorn and slow and bright festoons of marsh marigold weave a dwindling pattern over the low brook country beyond where the grey-blue thread of aran river winds in and out on its long journey towards the sea and far beyond all glistens the sea itself one vivid streak of blue incredibly high in the heaven a long broad band as though made with a single sweep of a brush charged with pure sapphire and fretted here and there with a few scarce dragging crumbly touches of gold swallows go by overhead in the sun's steeped air chattering pleasantly every bush and branch it would seem below in the coombe must have its singer for how else to account for such a bewildering dim babel of song all the larks in the world you think must be congregated in the blue region above the hilltop and to be giving back to the sun a dozen gay trills for every beam he squanders down While there is daylight, there will be this incessant lark song here on the green pinnacle of the wind-washed hill. With the first light of dawn, the merry round began. It will hardly cease with the last red glimmer of the highland evening when, an hour before, the leaf-shrouded coombe has grown silent in the blackness of night. The stars will hear the last of it then just as they will hear again its earliest music before they are quenched by the white of morrow and if a drab forbidding sky lowers over everything or the rain clouds wrap the hills about with mist of water still the larks will sing nothing daunts the little grey highland minstrel so that there be light enough to guide him upward he will soar and sing carrying his music indifferently up into the glory of this perfect april morning or the gloom of the winter torrent and whistling winter blast human fret and worry have a habit of keeping to the lowlands as all lovers of the downs know well you cannot climb the hilltop and bring with you all the care that burdened your footsteps down in the dusty shadow-locked vale. somehow or other every stride upward over the springy turf seems to lighten the load and once on the summit you seem to have lifted head and shoulders far above the strife the hurrying mountain freshet of a breeze singing in your ears and the rippling lark music have washed the heart clean of all but gladness and you see with awakened eyes you have soared with the lark and now must need sing with him you cannot help looking over and onward as he does at the brightness that is always pressing hard on the heels of human worry and care it is the great wide expanses in nature that have most effect on the hearts and lives of men the sea has its own intrinsic influence but it is too fraught with echoes of old wrath and unreasoning violence overpast yet still remembered even in its quietest moods you cannot forget its grim levy on human lives and the stout ships beaten to splinters uselessly. The leviathan lies crooning, inert, under the hot April noon, all lazy benevolent gentleness, yet you owe it many bitter grudges rightfully, and see the silken treachery lurking deep down in its placid depths. But the story of the downs is one long tale of harmless good. They have no record of strife and disaster. Their tale of the ages is a whole philosophy of life without its terror. Nature's great good gift to world-worn souls, the bringing of calm into human life, with calm's inherent far-seeing. Reason working through worry towards hope and trust for the best the blithe spring day wears on the sun lifts higher and higher and the blue tree shadows that span the village down at the foot of the hill have shrunk to half their former length with the ripe heat of midday the wind has freshened to a surging roistering gale but its rough touch is full of kindly warmth and jollity the cloud shadows that in the serener mood of the morning crept so stealthily over hill and dale now stride from peak to peak in a wild chevy chase after the sunbeams leaping the valleys in their path and filling them with rollicking grey and gold the sky with its griddle of white cloud has come strangely near and the downs have risen suddenly to meet it you seem buoyed up on an ever-lifting tide of green hills that rock and sway as the broad bars of sun and shadow drive onward under the goad of the breeze it is all sheer exaltation the changing light and the song of the gale and the lark's unceasing challenge above you now of all times you must learn how good a thing it is to be out and about on these sussex highlands washed in the sun and the rain and the pure salt breath of the sea end of section eight